on this episode, we have a guest that is talking about health. Um, you guys might know him from talking about gut health and the micro microbiome, mm-hmm. but today we're not talking about that. So put your burrito back in the box. What's he talking about today? Today he was talking about how st- stress, uh, talking to your patients about stress, sleep, exercise, and nutrition. Mm-hmm. The four elements of we forgot because we didn't get any sleep last night. So forgive us for that. You know, it's Dr. Uchi. And he is a dentist out of Toronto. Dr. Uchi Adiato. Adiato. Odiatu. Like Gucci with Gucci Adiato. Yeah. Odiatu. And he, if you haven't seen him yet speak, I highly, highly recommend it. He's amazing. High energy speaks. Oh my gosh about everything, like we said. So in this episode, um, he, we talk a lot about the four elements and he's like a walking encyclopedia. Yes. The ailments, but, uh, he is engaging and he's full of information and walking encyclopedia, but he doesn't, uh, you don't fall asleep listening to him, even though you could probably get some good sleep, but yeah, not by listening to him. He's yes. Very energetic. Mm -hmm. He, um, practices what he preaches. And, uh, so we're going to do the same thing. That's where we're in our sporty gear today. Cause after this episode, after we're done recording, we are going to go for a run and lift some weight. So, right. And he said, we don't need an hour, just only like five minutes. Five minutes. Fine with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do anyway. Enjoy the episode. And, uh, if you uh, get a chance, get in on his Instagram, his social media, he's posting all the time, uh, really helpful information. Yes. Uh, we will put all the information in the show notes. And at the end of the episode, we talk about where we can connect with him as well. Mm-hmm. And he's coming to our part of the world here pretty quick. Yeah. Which could be your part too. Not everybody lives where you live, April. I, well, I'm the epicenter of the earth. Yes, you are. She thinks so. All right. Have a, um, have a great, healthy, healthy, sleepful, restful night. Stress, 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 less. stress, stress, less. stress, less. stress, less. And, uh, Oh, everything in moderation. So you can have a glass of wine or a beer in moderation after that five minute workout. Right. So let's cheers with our waters. All today. right. Or so you, you <laughs> think it's water. Yeah. Now let's go eat that burrito. Okay. okay. Burrito. All okay. right. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome friends to the dental ailments podcast. We have a very, very special guest. We are honored to have Dr. Uchi today. He is a practicing dentist in Toronto, um, and he also is a personal trainer and yoga instructor uh, and a member of the American College of Sports Medicine. So he's he's quite the busy guy. Mm-hmm. He's also, also the author of the book, The Miracle of Health. And this busy dental professional has been invited to guests on over 400 radio and television shows including ABC's 2020 and Canada AM. He has given over 500 lectures in Canada, the USA, Denmark, Bermuda, England, Jamaica, Norway, and the Bahamas, and more to come. So your goal today is to reignite people's passion for their health. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm sure we'll talk about patients as well, how they fit into Oh yeah, that. I guess we are patients too, right? We are patients. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. So um, th- this is a, a powerful subject. You know, I could, um, I was working in the office about seven hours today and uh, every patient is curious more than about the tooth thing. Like we know they go to the hygienist, they go to the dentist, 
They understand that we take care of their oral environment, but most people don't realize that what they do outside the office, you know, uh, their lives, uh, their marriages, their work lives, their sleeping patterns, if they exercise or not, how they manage stress. Um, and I think as dentists and hygienists, we, or the whole dental team, we always think, oh, look at this patient. They bring, they don't leave their marriage in the car. They don't leave their job in the car. They don't leave their exercise habits in the car. And because so many of us don't think of that, we're often stymied when uh, treatment doesn't go as smooth as we thought. We're also wondering why this person's not responding after doing my six veneers and they're still bleeding around the margins and we think that their oral hygiene is poor, but we don't realize they're a shift worker. Or we wonder why they don't heal well around a beautiful implant that's integrated and six months later, they have peri-implantitis. And we're wondering what kind of you know, titanium scalers do I need? Meanwhile, we don't realize that the person has a BMI over 35 and they're obese and they're chronically inflamed. Um, oftentimes you wonder why um, you know, someone comes in and they're younger than we are, but somehow they don't uh, respond well. You know, they're not as clear and lucid, they're forgetful. And then you realize that they're sedentary and they've shown that sedentary people undergo more cognitive decline and uh, open up the chances of dementia a lot more than someone who's active. Stress management, you know, people don't realize how, how people handle stress impacts their physiology intimately. Um, people who manage stress well have better immune systems. People who don't manage stress well have weaker immune systems. But we say weaker, many times they're hyper responding. They have a lot of autoimmune issues because of the weakness. So um, my goal today is just to share with you how those four areas, you know, sleep, activity, nutrition, and stress management impact patients' lives in the chair. And ultimately, you really can't talk about or take a patient on a journey that you yourself haven't been on. So um, if someone's sedentary, if a hygienist is sedentary, if a dentist uh, is sleep deprived, or if a hygienist has, has no exercise in their lives, or the dentist has four practices and run off her feet, it's really hard to talk wellness and come across authentically. It, it doesn't sound right. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like talking to a patient about eating healthy, and you smell like a fast food drive-through, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like telling patients to stop smoking and your fingertips aren't um, yellow from turmeric eating, they're yellow from smoking Malboros. So um, hopefully in this program, uh, I know in this program, um, I'm gonna get viewers excited and I want them to reclaim uh, the health of their body. And people don't realize the body is a miracle. And no matter where I find you, whether it is the beginning of your career, the middle of your career, or you're thinking of like winding down, um, the body is so forgivable that if you literally start taking care of it, it will adapt to your new habits. Uh, within a meal, the healing starts. Like after a, a single good meal, you can actually have anti-inflammatory factors flooding your system. Just like people who eat a junk food diet, they have pro-inflammatory factors flooding the body. And part of that post-meal blah, that tiredness, is literally your body saying, you didn't eat the right thing again and you're 42 you didn't need the right thing again and you're 65 don't you get the hint you're tired when you eat poorly so some of this might seem obvious but there's lots of science behind it and i believe i've mastered it i've um i don't count calories um i work out very intuitively i weigh what i what i did in grade 12 which is unheard of for a dentist who's in practice in 25 years and um fasting caloric restriction i dabble in probiotics i take um, I wear a sleep mask. I have all these little hacks that I do that make it easy. But ultimately, I like to make people believe uh, being the master of moderation is much better than doing all or nothing. Because all or nothing leads to falling off the wagon. Oh, Dr. Ratu, I heard you in Anaheim. I want to start working out two hours a day. I'm like, okay, we'll see how long that lasts. 
which I, I'm, I heard about, I did your program and managing stress and I, I started meditating, you know, 60 minutes in the morning and 60 minutes in the afternoon. I'm thinking, okay, we'll see how long that lasts. Oh, Dr. Odatu, I, I, I love what you said about intermittent fasting. I, I, I don't eat, I only eat in a small window of time between 2 p.m. and 2.30 p.m. every day. We'll wonder how that lasts. Oh, Dr. Odatu, I, I wear a sleep blanket, a sleep mask. I wear orange glasses. I sleep 12 hours a night. I'm thinking, oh my God, I wonder how long that lasts. So. I hate all or nothing. And a lot of dental professionals, we're so clued in and we, we want to be the best at it. We lose the point. So moderation is the way to go. If you want to enjoy this journey back to health and take your team and your patients with you. So Cindy and April, if you want to, if you want to, you know, any of those four topics really like sleep. Oh stress, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, far away. And, and we'll get people thinking. Yeah. Well, I remember in, assisting school we had a semester of nutrition it's like i don't hear anybody really talk about nutrition besides don't consume sugar oh i do i talk about it a lot yeah and wondering how to get to the patients to take it seriously yeah because all all patients with inflammation or uh, body gums are they're not healing or cracked lips and i'm like are you taking vitamin b are you taking vitamins have you seen your doctor Mm -hmm. you know it could be a vitamin deficiency let me see your tongue Mm -hmm. Uh, vitamin c is so important for healing your gums and Mm -hmm. what's your diet like and sometimes you can tell what their diet's like by looking at them but not not always and that that's something to talk about as well right and like you were saying there's signs with the body it's like okay you're not fooling us we we know what your habits are even though not telling the whole truth, but yeah. yeah. So nutrition is, has been interesting to me that we don't focus on it more. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And, and then with the nutrition, because yesterday it was yesterday, uh, Tuesday, I was working in clinic and I was tired. I had a tired week, you know, one of those weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to go try that Shake Shack so bad. I thought it was there. You know, when you're tired, you just... I just wanted fast some French food, fries food, and a milkshake, yeah. even though I never, I mean, I don't like fast food. I mean, not, I mean, I do eat it sometimes, but I'm like, no, Cindy, no, Cindy, you could do it. There's one little decision, eat what you brought for lunch. You brought mm-hmm. something, you brought some chicken and some vegetables and do that. And you'll be fine. And I did that. And I'm so grateful I did that, but those decisions, it was so hard at the time mm-hmm. and uh, moderation, like you said as well, uh, I'm guilty of that. So that's something I've really been working on lately as just small changes. So let me, let me take one of those. I know that uh, so April said something about, uh, you, you, so the fact that you took half a semester of nutrition means basically you took more nutrition than the average medical doctor in America. Because the average medical doctor in America takes anywhere from zero hours in their four years to a maximum of 22 hours at Tufts uh, Medical School wow. uh, in the Northeast. Um, the Miami-Dade Hygiene School, uh, they do 32 hours in their hygiene program. So every hygienist that comes out of that Miami-Dade college as a dental hygienist takes more nutrition than every doctor in every medical school program in the United States. So that is mind blowing since the first doctor said, let medicine be your food and food be your medicine. And so, but I think every doctor, um, you know, we always think of, you refer to the doctor, well, doctor, I wouldn't mind getting healthier. Should I take a supplement? Uh, Look at the food guide and that's about, unless they personally have an interest or they're at a rejuvenate longevity clinic or they're a functional medicine doctor and they've taken post-grad, the the medical doctors that graduate from the four-year program take anywhere from zero to 22 hours. So um, it's well within a dental assistant and hygienist and dentist scope of practice to talk about food. And you're thinking, food, ooch, I'm doing veneers. Food, ooch, I do implants. Food, ooch, well, 
where do you think your elbow comes from? What you ate, you know? Where does your butt come from? Your lunch, you know, where does your chin come from? What you ate last year? You know, when you, when you, when you curse your skin or curse your hair or curse the way your stomach looks, you ate it, you know, nothing accidentally goes down your throat unless you're a seal at SeaWorld, okay? Like everything is eaten on purpose. So when people curse the back of the arm fat or they, they curse how their neck now looks, you know, like that lady in Total Recall in Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie oh. a few years ago, it's, it's what you ate. And you're saying, what's that? Okay, Ooch, what has I got to do with being a dentist? Well, there's a couple of main functions for teeth, um, to eat food and for nutrition, obviously, and two, to defend yourself. So I'm not sure when the last time April you got in a fight and bit someone, but it was yesterday. I'm about but, Mark. Come on. <laughs> but a hundred thousand years ago, a hundred thousand years ago, we used our teeth regularly to defend ourselves as cavemen and cave women. Mm. Um, unless I watched Sons of Anarchy uh, on Netflix while during COVID, and uh, when you're fighting in a street fight, you don't put up your dukes and have lots of rules. You want to end it. And you'd actually, if you got near the neck of someone or the ear of someone. Mike Tyson, you just bite the ear off. So most dental hygienists and assistants are much more you know, um, chivalrous than that. So when you think of uh, teeth as weapons or defense, that's long since gone. You know, We have pepper spray, tasers. Um, in America, you have guns. In Canada, when we call, we call open carry. We, we actually keep the, the caps off our water. That's our version of open carry. <laughs> but so like, it's really food. So when you think of teeth, it's food. It's we eat. And you're thinking like, What's the big deal? Well, everything we eat becomes who we are. And if someone has 28 teeth, lots of saliva, good TMJ function, they will be healthier than someone with 10 teeth, dry mouth, and trismus. Anyone with more teeth, better function, and more saliva will be able to digest and absorb nutrients, which means every cell in their 110 trillion cells will be functionally better than someone who has less teeth. You know, so this is powerful stuff. And I think people realize you know, who, you know who does know how important is food is? You know who does? After any crowd or veneer or implant I do, the patient's getting up and they turn around and go, can I ask you a question? And I say, I know what it's going to be. And they go, what do you mean it's going to be? They go, when can I eat? Eat steak. It's not when can I have sex. It's when can I eat? <laughs> when can I eat? And I go, uh, oh, I said, well, are you hungry? And they say, no. I said, but you realize eating is a very primitive desire. Like my mouth is numb. I'm just spitting out and rinsing. When can I eat? So everyone knows that eating, people have a primitive desire to know you, my mouth is numb. I got a new crown. I got six new veneers. When can I eat? So patients know it. A lot of dental freshers don't know it. The primary function, if you ask me, of teeth is to eat, digest, and absorb food. And anyone who has better functioning teeth saliva and better TMJ is going to be healthier, all things held equal. So, and I could talk about that in a second off the cuff at a new patient exam, at the recare exam. And you know what patients do? They go like, I've never heard this before. Mm. I'm my husband. Let me just get my phone. My husband's going to start seeing you and I'm going to, I'm going to get my son. We're going to switch. You'd be surprised when you have authentic communication with patients about stuff that matters, not, oh, I went to a post-grad course, so, oh, look at my diplomas, and look at, the, no. When you talk about things that matter with patients, which is when can I eat, which is survival, right? The primitive urge to survive. Patients go, I've never had this before, and they're 62. I've never heard a dentist or hygienist talk about this the way you have before. They're 35. 
So why aren't all the 400,000 dentists and hygienists talking about this or assistants? I don't know. We, we, we get stuck in the minutia of gingival margin, shade selection, and scalar. And I think the best coaches in the NBA, in college football and basketball and hockey, talk about fundamentals. So fundamentally, your teeth are there to help you digest and absorb nutrients, to become the best you you can be. Everyone says, I've never heard that before. Mind blowing. You know, we're just gonna switch over my husband's appointment at another office because all they talk about is tooth whitening. And we're gonna switch to you, doc. And you get new patients. You don't have to plot and scheme and look for Google reviews. You just have good conversations about things that matter with patients who are interested in your interest in them, in real things that matter, which is eating, slowing down aging, becoming healthier. And um, as I talk about it, and I've talked about it for years, I'm getting excited about what I'm talking about because- oh, Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah, it's, you'd be surprised what patients, patients just don't know. They're starving for healthcare providers to look at the big picture. Yes. All they're getting is specialists. I, I do bone, I do grafts, I do implants, I do perio. Um, how about someone looks all of me from my brain to my toes? Mm-hmm. No, no, you have to go to uh, your endocrinologist for that, or you have to go to your sleep specialist for that. You have to go to your, you know, so it's like, where do I go then? I need 12 people to look after me. I know it takes a village, but why can't a good general practice start integrating whole body health in it? And people think of holistic dentistry as about amalgam to resin or amalgam to porcelain. That's a small percentage of holistic medicine, holistic dentistry. Holistic dentistry is, is having an integrative view of the whole body and make it look like your team is well-versed in the vocabulary. And that's, that's basically what my programs are. So whether it's sleep or nutrition or stress management or ergonomics, I'm educating the team and the dentists, obviously, the trickle down in getting uh, confident in using that conversation chair site. And when you do, your practice will blow open with busyness because uh, patients can't get enough of people who really care about them from head to toe. Yeah, it's um, interesting. You know, you you don't think about it when the patient sit. Or the patient doesn't think about it when they're sitting there. And they're like, "No, look, your teeth are attached to the rest of your body." Like, oh yeah, yeah. And we, in hygiene school, we took a lot of nutrition too. It, I thought nutrition. Oh, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna learn about apples and oranges. Our, I mean, it was a huge class, and it was very scientific and very a lot of chemistry, organic chemistry in the nutrition book. It was hard, but I loved it. It was enjoyable. But the first thing they talk about is the teeth. That's nutrition starts mm-hmm. right here. That's, mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that, okay. And it does show you that the teeth and the saliva. So I do say that to patients. I, when they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I have so much saliva. I'm like, no, this, I mean, yeah, it makes it harder for me. Mm-hmm. This is great. You know, you should bottle this stuff up. Right. This, don't ever be sorry for having lots of saliva. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great. And then I'm really interested in your sleep and ask, uh, I'd love to talk more about sleep. We've been having some sleeping problems here at our house, thanks to a cat. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, well, having your having your animals on the bed is one way oh. to have a poor sleep. Yeah, having no, it's not even on our bed. It, it just comes down the hall. And I go, yeah. <laughs> so we lock him in the basement sometimes, but then he's been good. So we let him out and then he gets us like, uh, there's other there's other reasons too that um business owners. Yeah, I sleep pretty good, but yeah, it's <laughs> So a big part of sleep, and I think, again, we, we get sucked into the popular talk of sleep apnea, sleep apnea. Okay, so 10 or 15 million Americans have sleep apnea. That's maybe five, 6%. Um, 70% of Americans, 70% of adults don't have apnea, but they just don't sleep enough. 
and they don't get the quality because they either go to bed too late, the room's too bright, they eat the wrong thing at night, they have wine before bed, they have a dog on the bed, they don't have a sleep mask and the curtains are too sheer. Uh, if, if they check their phone at four o'clock, they don't have the night vision, the night screen on. Uh, they get up too early to work out, which um, sabotages their emotional processing and memory processing. Um, yeah, that alone. So apnea is a small part of it, if you ask me. And I, I don't treat apnea patients, but I do what I do though, when I see people fall asleep in the middle of a root canal or fall asleep when I'm doing a crown on them, at noon, I'm thinking there might be a sleep problem or if I see a, a, an 18 year old with dark circles under their eyes, or I see someone yawning at three o'clock, I'll bring up the conversation. And not everyone is gonna hug you and go, Dr. Riatu, I love you. I wanna get a sleep study. How much is it, 3,000? I'll get two. They always say, eh, I'm fine. I take melatonin. Yes. And, and I never judge people that if they're, if they're not interested, a key part of being a good doctor, teacher, hygienist, assistant is not being judgmental. So if someone's not interested, in my mind, I'm thinking not now, who wants to judge them? We'll talk about it later. And I write in the notes, uh, we discuss sleep, patient not ready to um, talk to his medical doctor about a sleep test. We'll talk about it next recare. And I'm no judgment, I don't care. I'm not after, um, even, I'm not being like Billy Graham or Rick Warren, yeah, you know, going around the world trying to change people. I wanna work with a few people that want to, which is maybe two hygienists, maybe another dentist in the office, and maybe one patient a week, or in a, in a lecture of 2000 people, 10 people send me messages and say, Ooh, give me more information. That's who I'll work with, that's easy. I'm not trying to convert everyone. If, if they said, if you ever try and make a horse, I'll te teach them how to sing, you just get an angry horse. So <laughs> I, just, I just work with, the, with, with, with people that want to learn more and I sleep well and I enjoy it. So, but, but sleep is powerful. I, 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 I say it's, it's not just a key player, it's foundational. It's literally impossible to be healthy if you're a poor sleeper. It's impossible to age well. Um, when, you talk, when I talk to patients who are 85, 90, who are in the office getting work dental treatment done. Um, if you ask any of them how they sleep, it's always very well. And you're like, well, does everyone sleep well over 90? No, because the rest are dead, okay? okay? The rest die, the rest are dead. If you're a poor sleeper, many, you don't make it to 80. Poor sleepers don't make it to 80. Uh, mm -hmm. Good sleepers, 90, 95. You talk to someone who's 100, how well do you sleep? Amazing. That's the people who make it to 100. And people yeah. assume that, you know, so anyway, this is, and again, I sometimes uh, do a tough talk approach and I get people sad. And sometimes I do my, you know, evangelical approach, but many times it's just, it's whatever mood I'm in. But if I'm moved emotionally, if I, if I care, that comes across very authentically. And I get people thinking and uh, they, they'll buy a sleep mask for their eyes. They might look at um, an orange glasses to, to, to sober. I'll say, here, give me your iPhone. And I'll look at their, I'll go, let's go to settings and they'll go to settings, and then we'll go to display and brightness on their iPhone. And I'll see that this, this, it's not scheduled on. And what happens is I go, when you look at the, the, clock, the phone at three o'clock in the morning, how does it look? And they go like, it's like a lighthouse. I say, here, I'm gonna give you another year on your life. Just don't tell your lawyer that, but I'll give you another year on your life. And I switch it to um, light, um, phone goes uh, dim at nine o'clock and it wakes up at seven. And what happens is whenever they look at their phone after 9 p.m. and before 7 a.m., the, the phone screen has a kind of an amber. I'm thinking, which I can't hardly see. But what it does is it, it doesn't wake up your brain. And now you can look at your phone at three o'clock in the morning or text someone or scroll if you want to, if you're bored. And what happens is your brain doesn't wake up. But most people put on their phone and it's like a searchlight. And what it does is it stops all melatonin production. It stops all melatonin. And if people have poor melatonin production, they have about 
anywhere from 20 to 30% less from bright lights at nighttime. And you're thinking 27%, 30, is that a big deal? Well, it means accelerated aging. It means poor immune system. It means possible COVID. It means possible muscle weakness. It possibly means um, your MS coming back or your cancer relapsing. So 27% melatonin down, your iPhone on dim after 10 o'clock is, is life-changing. Yeah, I always flip mine over and I, sometimes you want to know what time it is. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to see it because I don't want to see any messages. I don't want to see any light. I'm like, yeah. You also got to turn it off though. Like I, I put it on airplane mode. Mm. Um, if you have it on, I mean, you think about it, Earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a decent phone, you have about 30 apps and your apps are updating all the time. So if the Earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour, with you with it and your phone six inches beside your, your head, mm-hmm. the satellites, and there's thousands of them now, Elon Musk mm-hmm. has thousands of them, they're sending down signals eight miles to that little device six inches from your head, and it's piercing your phone, piercing your phone, piercing your phone. And you're wondering, I wonder if that affects my brain. Yeah, right. Trying to say it doesn't, but I'm thinking, you know what? Put it on, on airplane mode so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Put it in the don't next room. Yeah. Your, 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 your alarm will still go off. Just put on airplane mode. Put on airplane mode. And that alone, uh, again, people talk about electro EMF frequency and does it bother you? We're very much um, energetic beings. We have, we're bi- we have these biochemical impulses, like the nerve impulse goes up and down your body 150 miles an hour. Our connective tissue sheath has messages like a fiber web that runs 700 miles an hour. We, we're, we're built on chemistry and biology. So electrical impulses, like when you think of the defibrillator, it's not, you don't massage the heart back to life with the defibrillator, boom, right? You momentarily stop it so it can reconnect. So we are affected by elect- electrical impulses, just like sitting beside the, the, um, the, the microwave or on a plane. Yeah, we are you know, in- attendants and pilots on a plane, that radiation, the reason why they, they fly, they have to fly less 120 hours a month is because their exposure to cosmic radiation. Yes, that's what patients Anyway, it's just cool stuff. So anyway, sleep is powerful. Um, so I'd say put your phone on airplane mode. Unless one night you're waiting for your daughter to come home or your husband is away and you want to make sure, maybe like, like, let it be on. But mm-hmm. I'd say most nights have it in airplane mode. So with airplane yeah. mode, it's not even going to update or the satellites aren't going to. Nothing, it's off. It's off. Oh my gosh, that's it'll save your battery. It'll yeah. save your battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, you always turn it off. Or turn it, you know, it's always on silent anyway, but that's a really good idea. Like, yeah, It'll thank you. Save your data. It'll save your data. So if you have, if you have, if you, oh, my battery is low tonight and you have 20% less, airplane mode, next morning will be 19% and you have enough to get to work. If you have it on all night, it literally it's updating all night. And again, just think of satellites blasting signals down to your phone and how accurate are they? They're blasting all over. <laughs> like those signals blast all over at, at, at you know, at hundred thousand miles an hour, they're blasting, blasting by you. And with the earth spinning and you have it on and you're thinking, yeah, how could it not affect you? I know right. scientists say the, the phone doesn't affect your brain, but who knows? You know, who knows? Right. You really have to, instead of doing the research and Googling online about cellular phones and health, just put on airplane mode. The phone is a fact of life. So airplane mode and I'm fine. Right. All right. And that's when you get all the red lights in the morning because you're all electrified from all the right. updates all night long. Right, so. right. Yeah. And then so um, with sleep, too, you said that people that live a long time um, is because they get a lot of sleep. So that also must mean that they um, handle stress well, too, because they're sleeping 
well, they must, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have stress in their life. Everybody has stress in their life, but they're able to deal with it better so they can get a better night's sleep. So well, stress has something to do with that as well. Yeah. Neuroscientists had a great question. Neuroscientists out of Berkeley, um, one of the Matthew Walker, uh, sleep medicine scientist, neuroscientist, um, he said, sleep is where your body processes emotion. It's where your mind processes emotion. Your mind takes information in all day. It's like an information hog. It's taking information, taking information. It's nighttime where the brain prunes and gets rid of stuff that doesn't matter. Um, it processes emotion and it processes memory. So it, a good a person who sleeps about seven to nine hours gets about 100 minutes of REM, rapid eye movement sleep every night. Rapid eye movement sleep. Very important sleep. In that place, neuroscientists, sleep scientists say, is where your body processes emotion and processes memory. So if I do seven, nine hours a night, and I get my 100 minutes, and say, if Cindy, you do four or six hours, new baby, new job, you, you have an independent hygiene practice, you're worrying about your team, you're getting four hours. After a week, I've got double the amount of emotional processing and double the amount of memory consolidation. My memory is sharp, hippocampus plump and full. You're like, you can barely remember one cell phone number. You're not sure what that patient's name is. You're flying off the handle. I just don't feel myself because your brain's not processing emotion and it only happens at nighttime. So even the sweetest person turns into a bear if they're not sleeping. You know, mm -hmm. moms know that about your toddler. You know that about your, your significant other. So um, sleep is imperative just to be likable. I mean, we always say that emotional intelligence is more important than IQ. Emotional mm -hmm. intelligence is your ability to read people's faces and um, assess information, get along with people, build rapport. That cannot happen if you're tired. All you're thinking is, I'm hungry. I could possibly eat their arm, you know? So, um, so that being said, I, like, I try to make fun with it, but um, sleep is foundational, absolutely incredible. Yeah. And so when I have dreams, I can tell I sleep well because then I have crazy dreams, but I know why I have those dreams because it's something I thought about during the day, just briefly. And so then my mind was trying to file it away or, you know, have fun with it. And, and then, uh, put, yeah. They say you're more creative if you dream. Um, people who dream less aren't as creative. Oh, I dream a lot. The biggest business owners, like think of Elon Musk thinking of PayPal. I thought when I first heard about PayPal, I thought, what a dumb idea. I got a visa. So I'm thinking, what a dumb idea. He went on to become a billionaire, okay? So to be creative and think of thoughts that no one else is thinking, you, your mind is playing at nighttime. And they said, literally, what your mind does, it rehearses. It, it takes the information from the day, looks at it, goes back in time to when you were eight, goes back in time to the conversation. Your brain remembers everything. Goes back in time to the barbecue when the uncle told you about that story. It goes back in time. They say your brain even taps into ideas outside of you. It's called the Akashic Record. It's a history of human civilization. When you think of people who have the crazy ideas out of nowhere, um, they were saying that uh, Keith Richards came up with the song Satisfaction after a night of sleep. You know, um, so he, he woke up playing the chords, and it's one of the best songs of the Rolling Stones in their 52 years of being a rock band. So you may not be a rock and roll artist after a good night's sleep, but you'll definitely be more creative. And if you have two employees of equal or two, two team members, or say if you had two dentists you had to work for or work with, whoever's more creative would make the more interesting employee, depending on if they're clinically skilled or the same. If you have two hygienists, exactly clinical skills the same, same amount of experience, and you, you want to give a raise only to one, this one was twice as creative as this one. Sorry, I'm giving the raise to this one. How do you get creative? get more REM sleep. How do you get creative? Get more sleep. You mm -hmm. earn more money when you sleep more. So there's really no argument for getting less sleep. And, and now I used to brag, I'll tell you how, how dumb I was. Before, about, in my 30s, I'd say, I could get by on four. You should see me, I can get by on five. 
that's like bragging I could live under a bridge okay. Well, that's embarrassing, okay? So I realize now when people say they get by on five, I have the advantage because my brain's gonna work better. I'm gonna be more creative. I can handle the stick, stick, I can stick handle a conversation better and I'll have a better memory. So they've even shown that managers, CEOs are more motivating and enthusiastic and more inspiring when they sleep more. They, they've done double blind studies where they took people and they asked them what kind of environment was in your office the last 30 days. And they, they mapped it out. It correlated with the boss's sleep schedule. When the boss slept four hours, she was a bear, condescending, sarcastic, critical. When she had seven hours, supportive and nurturing. And that equates to a positive environment. So do you think a positive team who feels encouraged and appreciated earns more, who makes less mistakes? Yeah. Think right. A team that's criticized, sarcastically ridiculed, not appreciated earns more? No. So you can actually have your dental team earn more by sleeping more. So have I talked about apnea? No. I'm just talking about better quality. I'm just talking about going to bed on time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a food hack. There's a, there's a wine hack, which you're probably interested in. And there's um, some supplements to have before bed. And there's things you could make in your bedroom to sleep better. So, and these are all things patients are curious about. Like when patients say, I'm a horrible sleeper. I had a sleep study. Um, I don't have apnea, but I'm a bad sleeper. So as an assistant, you can say, you know what? I just heard a podcast and I heard that um, if you keep the room cool, you automatically sleep deeper. I've also heard if your room is pitch black, you sleep deeper. I've also heard if you wear a soft mask over your eyes, uh, your body is able to make more melatonin and you sleep deeper. And the patient goes, thank you very much. What's your name again? It's April. You know, I like coming here because I don't only learn from her. I learn from you too. So isn't this cool? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. how interesting is this? You know, getting involved as a team, mm -hmm. all working together and patients love it. It's not just the dentist has to take this, be the star of the show. Why can't the assistant pipe in? You know? Right. Sure. Yeah, and you're giving them attention and you're saving, you can save, you're saving lives for real. Right. And you're not talking about just teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear about teeth all day. They yeah. want to hear about how to get them healthier. Yeah. And sometimes we yeah. just talk about their wives and how they're taking care of their wives and they're stressed out. So I'm like, what's going on? How's your, anything new in your health? And they're, they tell me about their wives. I'm like, well, that's to your health. You know, tell me how that's going. And, and I give them suggestions on how to take care of themselves when they're mm -hmm. taking care of their wives and mm -hmm. keep them there a little bit longer so they can rest. And <laughs> it's, it's all related. Mm -hmm. And then I, I remember a while ago, Oprah Winfrey, when she was on the air, she was bragging about only sleeping five hours or something like that too. So that probably didn't help much and then you always think people oh you're so lazy if you if you sleep in or if you sleep too much you're lazy but really it's the opposite you're going to be lazy if you don't get enough sleep and you're going to be energetic and have more energy if you do sleep well, well the top athletes um lebron james calls sleep his secret weapon lebron james and he's the third highest scorer in nba history in 100 years of basketball he's the third highest scorer he's in his late 30s um so he's old credible players he said, sleep is his secret weapon. Tom Brady, 43, kicked the butt of a quarterback half his age. 43, yeah. Patrick Mahana's 24. Tom Brady sleeps nine hours a night. Michael Phelps, the most winning, winningest athlete in Olympic history, 23 medals. During his training, 11 hours a night. So why wouldn't a dentist who owns six offices sleep eight hours a night? Why yeah. wouldn't a hygienist who sees eight patients and has sharp instruments and takes care of the oral masticatory apparatus of people. Why wouldn't you want to sleep eight hours a night? If you're an assistant and assisting a dentist do full mouth um, quadrant or full mouth rehabilitation, you're making temporaries, you're making temporaries, you're doing post-op instructions to be alert, emotionally present, to be able to have body language and build rapport. Why aren't we doing eight hours a night? 
Uh, my dentist brags about how little sleep she needs. Um, my sister, oh yeah, she, she, her, her husband's a police officer, so she doesn't get sleep. He comes up in the middle of the night, so she doesn't sleep well. Oh, the hygienist also has an evening. She, she owns a hygienist practice, and she's on her own. And like, So um, we used to brag how little sleep we needed. Now you're actually saying, yeah, when I run, I run on one leg. Um, really? Do you want to race? Yeah, yeah, because I, I run on one leg. So if someone's bragging how little sleep they need, I'm thinking, let's race, because I got two legs. No, no, I, I can run on one leg. I wouldn't tell a soul because that's embarrassing. <laughs> right. I love sleep too much to not get enough. Yeah. And it's quality sleep too. You don't, right. it's not laying in bed for 12 hours, not sleeping. You want, you want to sleep, get that hundred, hundred minutes of REM you said? hundred minutes total. It goes in cycles and adults have 90 minute cycles. Kids have 60 minute cycles. So during a cycle, you will have a blast of rapid eye movement sleep where the eyelids flutter. And that's when you have a sleep study they can actually tell that your eyelids are fluttering. That means you're, it's rapid eye movement sleep. So that is 100 minutes a night. So um, that being said, when you think of uh, people feel connected and they talk about fulfillment and happiness and um, people talk about Alzheimer's and talk about losing their memory and they make, they'll say, I've lost my spouse. They, they, they have no memory. And guess what? Poor sleepers um, exponentially increase their chances of cognitive decline. Vascular low body disease, which Robin Williams had, who was manic, right? He had lots of uh, energy, highs and lows, highs and lows. Uh, vascular dementia, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's, the most common dementia, all increase um, uh, related to poor sleep. Decades of poor sleep, you've set yourself up for a really poor 65 to 90. And which, when they talk, you know, people talk about, oh, the golden years aren't so golden. Yeah, because you've been a poor sleeper the first half, they won't be golden. But they can be golden if you've, you know, had a night, a lifetime of good sleep, you've managed stress, had a good family life, loved your job, you've eaten healthy, and you've exercised. And there's no guarantee. What I'm really saying is, um, it's, it's stacking the deck in your favor. You stack the deck in your favor by getting good quality sleep, exercising, eating healthy, managing stress. No guarantee. Oh, did you hear the Uchi had that thing? Well, he was kind of weird. He was so healthy. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. But what you do is you stack the deck in your favor. You increase the odds. So in Powerball, people understand the odds. So if, if, this, if this week's Powerball is 400 million, if I buy 10,000 tickets, I've increased the odds. It doesn't mean I'm guaranteed to win. I've just increased the odds. So I increase the odds of enjoying the last third of my life, 60 to 90, by sleeping well, eating a salad, exercising, and loving my job. You know, those four, they stack the odds in my favor. Yeah, that's why April and I wore our um, workout clothes here, today for you. For you. So. Yep. I, I noticed the delts there. April, I was saying, hey, that girl does some weights. And, I, and, then, and then, Cindy, I thought, I see a little bicep vein. That's nice. Uh, yeah, mine's, nice. mine's hiding in there. I'm working yeah, on it, though. That's okay. No, it's coming. It's coming, you know? Yes, that's it's my, coming. yep. It's coming. I love it. That's my goals and doing my uh, moderation instead of tapping to go all in, so. I won't tell you about the burrito I ate before we had the show. Yeah, she came in with a big to-go box. <laughs> Slurping with some kind of juicy sauce. I wanted to put it in my refrigerator. I was waiting for her to, to tattle on me. Whatever. We, we can tell you not to do that. A little bit of junk food now and then is fine. You know, I've had a burger and fries. I will eat poutine. I can have a glass of wine. And everyone, even in the dental office, I just got to be, Dr. Riatu, I can't believe you're eating that cake. And I'm like, because uh, I don't eat it every day. I know, but it's full of sugar. I can handle it because I have lots of muscle. Muscle is the largest user of sugar in the body and it gets stored as glycogen. 
but look at all the sugar. And you ate grapes. Grapes are full of sugar. No one's ever gotten fat off grapes, but grapes are full of sugar. No one has become obese because of grapes. I'd I, I, I like anyone to name someone. Yeah, he looked really good until he got into the grapes. You know, so. <laughs> She'd been into my grapes. <laughs> yeah, maybe wine grapes. But it turns so, into wine. Th there's so many myths. There's so many weird thoughts. There's so much all or nothing. There's so much mystification around healthy eating and exercise. People say, Ooch, you know, you know, they see my muscle. Oh, you must work out two hours a day. No, no. I do weights maybe twice a week, yoga twice a week. I, my cardio is seven minutes long because I use interval training. I haven't worked out more than an hour in 30 years. Don't you work out hours every day? No. I, I bet you never miss a day. I miss days all the time. So, so people love my philosophy. So that's why I'm, I'm writing a book right now. There's a, a huge publisher, which I can't name. I, I, I've handed the first draft in. Um, it's going to go back and forth a few times. So, uh, so basically, it's going to be all my philosophy in about 140 pages. And it's going to be dedicated just to the dental professional. And it's going to talk about those four areas, plus how to talk about it chairside. It's going to be crazy good. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I'm excited about it coming out. So it's going to go back and forth now. And it'll probably be out um, spring of next year. But it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm excited. You'll have to come back on and share it with us for sure. Hopefully it'll be. I'll read it to you. And, I'll, and it, better, it better not put you to sleep is what I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it will become part of the curriculum uh, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, I can mention you. I, I'm, I'm willing to mention anyone and anyone. Like it's, 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 I love my colleagues. So your colleagues are mine. I'll, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we all work together. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, what about melatonin? Do you, how much melatonin do you take any melatonin supplements? I have been reading about that lately. Um, some, I don't know who was talking about needing so much of it, but if I take a little sliver of melatonin, I can sleep for days. Okay. Um, but great question. Let me just turn the light on because I, it's, I have this sleep hygiene thing going on. And anyway, no, maybe I won't because, okay. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> because my glasses, I have a, um, it's called non-reflective lens. It's still like, it's like reflective. I have no blue light protection in. So uh, literally, this room is perfect for my brain to start winding down. So the brain loves to wind down. And there's an anthrop anthrop anthropologist called Dobchensky, and he said everything in our bodies can be understood when it comes to uh, evolution. Evolution explains everything. So when you think about it, um, for the last 100,000, 500,000 million years of human history, um, non unrecorded, obviously, Basically, after sundown, it is dark. <laughs> like, so when you think of, it's say the last 200,000 years. So the last 200,000 years, it's dark after sundown, except for the orange light of a, of a fire. So human history, 100,000 years, dark after sundown. It's only the last um, 30 years that we've had 24-hour day television, 24-hour television and the internet, 20, the last 24 hours, the uh, last 30 years. So it's a huge amount of time where our cells and brain have gotten used to dark after six o'clock. Mm. It's only the last 30 that we've been messing with our 100 billion neurons in our brain, messing with our immune system, messing with our cardiovascular system. People who poor sleep have higher blood pressure. Messing with our immune system, people with poor sleep is also more likely to be sick. So um, the last 30 years is going against 100,000 years of human history. So this darkened room basically is telling my brain sleep is coming. And now my pineal gland can make melatonin. So the best place to get melatonin from is the pineal gland, the pineal gland. It's, 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 it's in the center of the brain and it's a gland that does many things, but one of them, it, it pumps out melatonin and melatonin helps you stay asleep. It, people always think it helps you get to sleep. It helps you sleep deep and it's only pumped out in the dark 
Mm -hmm. So if you're in a well-lit room, guess what? No melatonin. If you're looking at your 85-inch 8K television in your Lazy Boy chair, looking at your phone without a dimmer, your brain is going, must be noon. It must be noon. Even though you're tired, the brain is going, don't go to sleep. It must be noon. Or if you do go to sleep, you're going to sleep light because it's noon in case someone invades you. Why, as a cave woman, why are you sleeping at noon? Right? You could be attacked and beaten. So the body doesn't sleep as deep when it's bright out. The body doesn't go to sleep as deep when you've watched television all night. The body doesn't sleep at deep when you have a nightlight on. The body doesn't sleep as, as deep when your spouse um, goes to sleep with the television on. So all those things increase, accelerates aging. All those things makes you a poor blood sugar manager. All those things make you a poor fat burner. All those things make you more likely to get shingles. All those things makes it more likely to have poor skin. So when you think about it, well, can I replace all that with a few drops of melatonin? Oh, for, oh, oh yeah, right, right. So it's a nice question. Mm -hmm. um, the sleep scientists are saying melatonin works very well for people over 70. And it works very well for the occasional use in road warriors, people who, have, who go through different time zones. But it's mainly a placebo effect in anyone under 70 and people who think they use it every night. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a placebo. And the placebo does work, you know? Yeah, for me. Uh, 90% of people who, who, who eat the sugar pill in a test and studies complain of stomach, complain of stomach ache. And they've had the so 20%. So the placebo is powerful, mm -hmm. but it's mostly placebo. Over 70 works very well. This is what the sleep scientists say. Under 70, occasional use for road. If, you, if the three of us were going to hang out and record our next podcast in Maui, and you, you guys would fly five hours to Maui, me, it would be five hours to Vancouver, five hours to Maui. Melatonin would help us tomorrow night getting to bed. However, it's, it's, it's occasional use. Using it every night is like, it's not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. So natural melatonin is where it's at. And for me, I start getting ready to bed after dinner. I start getting ready for bed. I start winding myself down a little bit at a time. And I do, I turn the lights down. I, t I talk quieter and well, I, I mumble more. And well, I experienced that uh, with international flights when your brain's like, okay, it's, it's time for you to go to bed, time to sleep. And then you open up the window and it's noon and or bright light. And you're like, <laughs> you go back to the room and you're like, what is going on? My brain is like, what just happened? Cause you, it's supposed to be like midnight we're at, but it's noon outside the plane or in, in the time zone you're in. It's, it's a crazy phenomenon. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, we're, very, we're very sensitive to circadian rhythm. It's, it's a yeah. cycle. Um, and again, when you think of human history, a hundred thousand years, every human wants to be horizontal and sleeping at nighttime. And they said, well, I know a guy or I know a woman that needs three hours. It's very rare. It's like 0.01% of people. It's called the BHLE4 gene. If you have the BHLE4 gene, you can get by on less sleep. Everyone else, so from Trump to Biden, who brags about how little they sleep, to anyone who sleep, pretends they sleep a little, they're really fooling themselves. Unless you have the BHLE4 gene, your body is sleep deprived. So poor memory, um, emotion issues, poor immune system, poor sugar metabolism, higher fat deposition, weaker immune system, uh, poor skin quality, and accelerated aging, and increased likelihood of dementia. So there's nothing attractive or sexy about getting less sleep. Right. Right there. That's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are going to jump on all that sleep as, sleep as much as they can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's how you get a patient to go to a sleep study. There is nothing sexy about snoring. 
There is nothing sexy about sleeping. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All the time. <laughs> that would yep. be the title of my next program. There is nothing sexy about. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Talking about so much, so many sleeping <laughs> issues just right there in the chair. As soon as I laid down, I mm-hmm. fall asleep. And I was mm-hmm. helping the doctor I work, work with um, retract when he was seating some veneers on Tuesday, and the patient. She was sedated. She was just sleep like airway issues, sleep apnea, and it's scary because you're holding your breath too at the same time. You're like, oh my gosh, not you know, not on my watch, and it's right. awful to watch right. that, and it's, it's sad. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's not even just apnea; it's just your everyday sleep for people that don't have apnea and just want to have um, have a good day and and be safe too mm-hmm. when you're out there. Mm-hmm. A good night's rest, and let's talk about exercise some more because. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this um, very little exercise that you do. I know diet is a big, really big part, right? Of Well, exercise, our bodies, again, you think of evolution. 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, the three of us chopping down trees, gutting animals, looking for food, scavenging, searching, hunting, preparing, protection, was all movement. The only time we sat, basically, as cavemen and cavewomen, when we were close to dying, and when there was no food to conserve energy. We didn't sit except when there was no food, so a famine was coming, or was con- conserve energy, or near death. So technically what they're saying is, um, exercise scientists say, when we sit a lot, that's why I'm standing right now, okay? So when we sit a lot, um, our body gives us death messages. And to give you an idea, they've said extended sitting, not, not sitting for an hour, or uh, hygienists have more challenges because hygienists will sit longer Dentists get up and down to do exams. You know, he or she is moving around. Hygienists tend to sit for extended periods of time. So, in the, so extended sitting, or exercise scientists call it muscular and loading, is an independent risk factor for early death and heart disease. So you can be an exerciser, sleep healthy, eat vegetables, but if you sit a lot, you have an independent risk factor for early death and heart disease. So of course you can't do everything. Like smoking, independent risk factor. You could exercise, sleep healthy, eat vegetables. If you smoke, it's a risk factor for heart disease and early death. Extended sitting, that's why they call sitting now the new smoking. Mm-hmm. Sitting is a new smoking. So I, I see many kids, 14, 16, 20, 28 year olds, 35 year olds, tense muscles, looking old, bags under their eyes, dark circles, falling asleep in the chair, angular chelitis, dry mouth, stress. And I'll say, is your job sitting all day? They go like, how do you know? I said, well, you, you look like it. It would mean I look like it. I said, you, you got the body of someone who sits all day. It, it's true. It, it looks like a deconditioned, a deconditioned athlete. So and you don't have to work out two hours a day. They said an Australian study 10 years ago said every 30 minutes, stand up and stretch, move to get some water and come back. And now you've reactivated your nervous system to remind it we have 600 muscles, 350 joints, 206 bones. That's all your body wants to do. Just remind it. It's like, you can be away from your family for a day or a week. You put a picture of your kids, you get a little reminder, you know, this is why I work hard. So when you stretch and move, the body gets a reminder. Oh yeah, I have 600 muscles. But when you sit for more than an hour, two, three hours, sit on the couch, man, when you get up, you feel like an old man or old woman. Mm-hmm. A sedentary old man or woman. Because I have 70, 80, 90 year old people in practices who jump in the chair, pop their iPhone on and say, hey, I got a podcast at 10. I said, you're 90. I know I have a podcast at 10 and they want to know how long this is going to take. So people who are active are more mentally alert, but they're also active. They mm-hmm. walk, they do Pilates, they stretch. They're, they're out there doing things. Right. 
Well, someone accused me once that I should have a human-sized hamster wheel. Because <laughs> I, I can't sit, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I got to move. Yeah, I move. And do, I always I stand mostly when I'm doing hygiene, and then now yeah. I try to sit. A little, I try to move my positions around that way. I'm not always in one, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure, um, as, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how does somebody a, a busy a dental professional that is um, that doesn't have April's arms and so they're working all day. So they're going to, they're exhausted at the end of the day. How do you, how can they incorporate some exercise into their, their lifestyle to get started? That's a good question. Yeah, great question. Um, less is more. Um, if you have own three practices, if you have a couple of kids, if you're a busy life, if you're working at three offices, the last thing you want to do is spend two hours a day working out unless you're a professional athlete, unless you're getting ready for a half marathon or triathlon. Basically, I work out so I can enjoy the rest of my life. I enjoy the working out, but it doesn't take up all my day. So investing in less than, I'd say, anywhere from 10 minutes to 50 50 minutes a day, and I can miss days, now I have the energy to look and feel like someone half my age. And just because the body responds to movement with emotion. And when I say, ooh, you're so enthusiastic, like, I can't believe, I can't believe your age. Um, You have a six-year-old, your own? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And you don't have a dad bod? Like, you must work out every day. No, I don't. You must work out hours every day. No, I don't. And I actually have a, a few articles. I can actually make them available to you. I, was, I, I, I send them to patients. I say, you know what? G- give me your email. They go, why? I'll send you an article. It's called an Exercise When Less Is More. And they go, I like that title. I said, would you like to work out as little as six minutes a day? And it's better for you than an hour a day? Who doesn't like that? Because having not enough time is the biggest reason for not exercising. I, I send it to patients all the time from age 14 up to in their 90s. People love it. It's written in layperson's language and it explains interval training or high intensity or also called moderate intensity interval training, which is like, you don't have to sprint all out, just moderately increasing intensity and going back and forth between intense and recovery, intense and recovery. Um, Because people always think of interval training as being sprint, like sprint and train, like you have to go all out. Well, anytime you change the intensity, that's considered interval training. And anytime you, you, you change and vary the intensity in the middle of a workout, your workouts can be shorter. It becomes more efficient. So in 2015, Martin Gabala wrote the most downloaded, looked at article in exercise physiology history in 2015. And he did a study where they showed how five minutes is equal or better for you than an hour. And people think I'm lying, but the whole idea is five minutes. So look, look at this way. So a minute of stationary bikes. I'm sitting on the stationary bike at low resistance. After a minute, I'll put it up to halfway. And now I'm pedaling harder. And then I'll put it down to low resistance to recover for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. It can vary. There's no absolutes. Put it up to all the way. Now I'm standing on the pedals for, for 20 seconds. I'm only into now a minute, but I'm puffing, I'm puffing. And then I recover. I put it down for 40 seconds. And now I pedal to recover. So I go back and forth, 40 seconds recovery, 20 seconds of all out or moderate, little pedal harder. After I get to five and a half minutes, I go back to cool down and I'm done. I'm done. Of course, if you're, if you're a deconditioned person or, or new to exercise, you need to get a doctor's approval. I would say get yourself a trainer, obviously, before you start. But most people can, can tap into in, interval training by just varying the intensity of their walk. So when you go for a walk at night for an hour, you could shorten it to 20 minutes unless you enjoy walking with your spouse or your kids. But you can shorten it to 20 minutes 
just by varying the intensity. 20 minutes of interval walking is better for you than an hour if you're all about efficiency. You know, it's like saying as a dentist, do you want to take three hours to cut the crown or you'd like to take 60 minutes? Oh, I like the three hours. I enjoy the whole idea about the impression taking. <laughs> my assistants and I, we connect at a spiritual level on our fourth impression. So, no, quicker, faster is better. It's more, it's more efficient. So interval training is efficient. So I'll, I'll make that available to anyone who wants it. If, I'll put that in the show notes or I'll yes. you know, with a PDF. It's called yes. exercise when less is more. Yes, that would be great. We would love that. And speaking of show notes, how can we get a hold of you and where are you going to be speaking? Um, what are some upcoming engagements? Sure. So um, August 6th, I'm in Stanford, the Spear Institute. Spear is a postgraduate elite program. It's out of uh, Phoenix. That's August 6th. And then I'm in about 12 cities come the fall. So okay. back on the road. So I'll be San Francisco and Orlando first week in September. I'll be Fargo on the 17th, their state program. Uh, the 23rd and 24th, I'll be in El Paso, Texas. So two full days of programming. Um, I'll be in Ohio. I'll be at the Greater New York meeting. I'll be massive. I'll be on there on Sunday, the 28th of November. I'll be um, in Seattle, November 11th at the Western, at the PNDC. I think it's close to you guys. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So all day on the November 11th. I will be a, a panky at their alumni weekend, October 2nd on a Saturday in San Antonio. Um, I'll, in December 11th, I'll be in Hollywood, Florida uh, at their st- uh, South Florida dental meeting. Uh, December 8th, in, I'll be in New Jersey. I slept well last night, so my, my memory's good. I was going to say, yeah, there yeah. you go, showing <laughs> off your sleeping. <laughs> what sleep does for you? I'll be in New Jersey. So, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. <laughs> how do you know this? Well, I, it, it, where, where we store memory short-term, and I, we store memory short-term in the hippocampus. So people with Alzheimer's, their, their hippocampi, there's two of them, shrink to half their size on autopsy. So that's where it gets stored. At nighttime is where it goes from the hippocampus to the prefrontal cortex where it gets stored for long-term memory. So if you sleep deep, you have a crazy memory. Like I'll tell a patient will come in, I'll say, "Um, is your son still taking uh, chiropractic school? They're like, I haven't been in since last year. Like, what do you mean my son? It's true, he's in his last year. How do you know that? And I'm like, I I said, um, I like to play with memory. When someone tells me something, I'm like, mm, I'll put it there. So it's, um, I, I enjoy it. And you'll never hear me say, I have a lousy memory. And that's, that's the whole idea about affirming what you don't want. And the people say, I'm, I am tired. Mm-hmm. I have a poor memory. I look, I am aging. You know, so anytime you lose, I am, yeah. you're literally, yeah. yes. you, have a, you have a, what's that? I said, I am strong. Strong. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> affirm, affirm, affirm what you want to. So, yeah. otherwise, I'm on. I'm probably my most active on Instagram. Okay. On Instagram. I'm my most active. So it's um my account is is they look at my name Uchi Odiatu. You can spell it in the show notes, but it's just fit fit speakers fit speakers. Thanks. And I'm I people direct message me. I post. I do stories. I have fun. People don't realize I answer back. Like, and if I, if I have my phone on, I'm answering back. And people go, oh my God, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm like, yeah, you are. What do you want to know? <laughs> what kind of probiotic do I take? Or what kind of sleep mask? And I'll give them the resource. Or when are you going to be in Wisconsin? December 11th to 2022. Are you going to be in New York City? Yeah, I'll be in New Jersey, December 8th. And November 28th, I'll be at the Greater New York meeting. So I love answering people because sometimes, I, let, I think a lot of speakers, we kind of dump information out to an audience. So by getting people's questions, like throughout the year, I, I put my finger on the pulse of what people really want to know. Like, what do people really want to know? And if I get tons of questions on reflux, or if I get tons of questions on eczema, or tons of questions on post-nasal drip, 
I will do some research and I will, it may, I'll create it in a way that makes sense and I'll share it in, in my next program. So I'll write a book. <laughs> or in the book, there you go. The book's going to come out in the spring next year. So that, that's going to be fun. Nice. All right. So yeah, so the book's still a secret or a surprise. So you'll mm-hmm. let us know about that when you have, when you can. But sure. we'll be looking forward to that. And we'll, we will definitely put all of your information in the show notes and uh, your links to your, do you have a website also? Is it Fit yeah, Speak? It's, uh, yeah, doc, it's drucci.com. Okay. D-R-U-C-H-E.com. So that can be in the show notes too. But, and again, I haven't really integrated all my stuff. It's really, it's a hobby that's kind of blown up and really gotten big. So at some point I will put more thought into it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll create like a logo and everything else. Right now I'm just, I'm a dentist. I'm a super passionate athlete. I'm a voracious reader. And one way to share more, um, one way to fit more in my brain is to share it. Cause like the Buddhists say, when if the coffee, if the tea cup is full, you can't put, put any more tea in. So every, if I want more information, I pour it out in an article. I pour it out in a podcast. Yes. I pour it out in a lecture. And now I got, hey, I got a half a cup. <laughs> you know, let me go to bed and, and get some more in here. So I have a lot of fun with it. I love sharing. I love helping people. I do some coaching. I'm, I'm coaching some dentists on, uh, with lifestyle coaching. Easy stuff. Like I'm just sharing what I do. I yeah. Mean, the easy, sustainable, maintainable is what I do. So, and, and you love it, and it shows. And so, you're able to help people with that. So, with, when you coach dentists, do you you said you do is that, is for their own personal health, but then also that of the. I guess that what they know for themselves, they can also share with their patients, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It I think goes both. You really can have a wellness based practice if you smell like a drive through. You know? right? So, so, but I think so. A lot of dentists say, "I'm not going to talk about this until they get in shape." But many of them, because we're we're perfectionists or OCD about it, what happens is. I'm not going to talk about it until I have a master's in nutrition. Well, you're going to wait a long time. I'm not going to talk about it until I understand everything about fasting. Well, because nutrition's in flux, you're going to wait a long time. So I just say, start looking better and feeling better yourself. Start learning the language of the microbiome and gut flora. Start knowing the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic. We can talk gut flora next time. Start yeah. know what a difference between prebiotic and probiotic. And now you can start helping people. But get healthy first. You know, take care of your health first. You know. You can't pour from an empty cup. And so many moms and dads and assistants and dentists, we're, we're trying to squeeze more stuff out because it's busy and times are tough and the economy, but we have nothing less to give. Our, our, cup, our cups are cracked and exercise helps seal the cracks. Um, sleep gives you time to heal the cup. Um, stress allows you not to shake as you're pouring it out. And it, it all works together. It's, it's really, as Martha Stewart says, it's a beautiful thing. It is. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Did you have anything else to say? I don't. I'm just, um, I'm enthralled by everything you were saying. I don't want it to stop. I, I know. listen to you forever. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. It was an honor. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And I'm yes. Sure. You guys do a great job. April Wilson, you guys do a great job. And I, I see the delts. I see the bicep vein. You guys, you guys are doing it. You're making it happen. The gun show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, it open, is, is Oregon open carry or closed carry? What is it? I don't know. Do, you know. All right, let me. I'll show you my notes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oregon, Oregon is um, a hot mess. That's what we are right now. Oh, yeah. like, we no don't judgment. know what we are. No judgment. No judgment. Oh no. no. <laughs> we make fun of it all the time. Okay. Okay. So, we could talk about that all day too. Right. We're yeah. Love Canada. We're Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I can't wait till we can go back up so there. So I'll be in Pacific Northwest November 11th. I'm not okay. sure if that's a Friday or a Thursday, but I'll be there 
two half-day courses at the West at the Pacific Northwest Dental Conference. So okay, okay. Let's, let's get us healthy. Let's ignite yes. it. Yes. I'm glad that's yes. coming back too. It's been a couple of years. So yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. We'll see you then. Thank you so much. And get some good sleep. Yes. Get some All good right. sleep, everybody.